Radio 92.7 FM WFNZ. Straight fire. This is the Wesson Walker Show. Even the crowd knows what's coming next. I am ready to be hurt again, sports gods. Please, please, I want more pain tonight as I watch the Panthers <laughs> take on the Chicago Bears fresh off a Hornets blowout loss to the Washington Wizards. I am ready. I'm calloused at this point. We're going to talk about why we are all so calloused. It's Wesson Walker Sports Radio, 92.7 WFNZ. We want to hear from you. Share your thoughts. Share your comments on the text line, 704-570-9610. Again, the number is 704-570-9610. We'll be with you from 12 to 3. Getting you ready for the Panthers Thursday night matchup against the Chicago Bears, where Al Michaels just might walk off the set as soon as the first turnover <laughs> is either thrown or dropped to Here we go. the turf. Wes, how excited are you about tonight's action? Because we will be at 10.58. There is going to be a fun time. That we will. For sure, with the two hours leading up to 10.58, Thomas Davis's spot uptown right across the street from the uh, Charlotte Knights Stadium, Truist Field. It's going to be a lot of fun. Yes, some trivia, some questions going on, and so it should be a lot of fun there. But, man, we need a break in this city after watching the Hornets fall the way they did. 132-116, they lose to a team that was 1-5. Coming into the Spectrum Center, we need a break, Wes. Do we get it tonight? Um, Man, hit me real early with that one, didn't you? Um, I'm going. Oh man, this. I'm is, not. This is, no, this is a tough game to predict. Okay. But I'm going to pick the Panthers tonight again for the second consecutive week. If your ass can't beat Tyson Badge and, and and all those guys, then look, man, what are we what are we doing? And here? you know, it's not even like I wanted a real prediction. I just <laughs> so, wanted to know if we're going to get a break. Like, are are we going to see DJ go for 150? Are we going to see Deontay go for 150? Are we going to see multiple touchdowns from those guys? Are we going to see Chicago Bears fans in our mentions? gloating about how they have our first round pick and they just beat us to enhance our first round pick, which actually goes to Chicago. I just don't know if that's what all we're going. That is the flip side of queen city magic though, is that you do beat teams. You have no business beating compete with teams. You got no business, but also when you play against teams, you feel like you should throttle or teams that you feel like are ripe for the picking. And then Tyson Badgett comes out and has a career day, 340 yards, four tutties. Mm-hmm. Like, that's that's the type of flip side that Queen City Magic can have. Yeah, it's it's pretty brutal. Uh, I like Spence saying, Walker, just remember, David Tepper called Bryce Young a point guard. The Hornets could have used a point guard last night when LaMelo went to the bench. We didn't have one. The backcourt depth, it's tough. Mm. And we saw them just get destroyed. Fiddy, you got to see that up close and personal. How was it seeing your first murder in your life? <laughs> okay. Walker is on one today, <laughs> baby. It was bad, man. My dog is on one. After I... the first two minutes, it really went from the tip. But whew, it got bad after that. After the first two minutes where the Hornets looked okay, look, man, it's the Wizards, okay? They're one in five. You can't get beat down like that, even without Terry Rozier. Just keep going. They'll look at this to oh, see whether this is a crack it off. Man, that was rip. scary. I don't, even, I don't even know if I want to see no. that again. you got to think that's going to be a flagrant. Wow. The question is, is it a one or a two? Okay. <laughs> right off the rip, huh? Got called for the foul. Wes has his phone straight in my face. You could not get any closer. I'm like a Hornets defender last He's night. He's capping. He's capping. It's the Wizards, man. It's the Wizards. 
Come on. <laughs> you were home. You were on two days rest. Jordan Poole dribbles behind the back facing the opposite end just to get blocked on that same shot attempt. Yeah, it's those wizards. Kyle Kuzma, whose outfits have been called fizzle every single time by our very own Wes Bryant. Those wizards. (laughs) LaMelo goes off for 30. We still get to the point where Leaky Black makes his NBA debut, not because we had a crazy lead, because we couldn't come back with five minutes left to go in the game. Steve Clifford talked about teams going five out, hurting the Hornets this year. Man, I can't hear it anymore. That's because we're rolling with Mark Williams and Nick Richards. Teams are beating us up going five out. Here's what's the problem with me. Are you telling me after 15 years of unanswered prayers, we finally get our rim protector only for Dorian Finney-Smith and Danilo Gallinari, 52-year-old Danilo Gallinari, <laughs> to mess it all up. Let's go. Seven games? Seven games into the year, man. Are you telling me I actually miss Cody Zeller? Forget a Hornets starter jacket. I need a straight jacket. I'm going crazy. I'm rocking back and forth in fetal position, longing for the days of Cody Zeller. Me and Smoke had an all-time text thread last night, man, remembering fondly the days of obscure Hornets because that's all we have. Briante Weber, tank season Dwayne Bacon, season opener Roy Hibbert. Give me second half Mo Williams. The Hornets, where midnight actually happens and turns Troy Daniels. He turns into a carriage from a pumpkin. That's the only place that that can happen. I host a daily pod, man. I host a daily pod about the Hornets. I need help. I need hope at least until December. Help me. Prayers be lifted to Josh McJesus Roberts. Help me. Our Lord, Byron Mullins. Help me. Prebo's heat check. Where you at? Epic. Help me, man. How come y'all don't love me, man? How come y'all don't love me, Wes? That's the Hornets losing to the Washington Wizards. That was phenomenal. You actually over-delivered on what I thought we were going to get today. I can't take it anymore. That's I can't take it. That's where we're at. I would, and, and while you were saying all that, they could have flipped to me last night watching this game just just berating the Hornets as I'm watching this game. Carolina Brinks, does, Car- does Walker need to scream right now? We all do. It's watching the foul line. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I need to scream. Do you want to pull up to the scene? Do you want to go off? Do we need to play the second foul line intro today, man? Yeah, I mean, yeah, let's go, man. All let's right. go ahead and crank it up. All crank right, this go thing ahead, off the chain. Go ahead. We look good getting off the bus. I got something to say. Damn! I mean, listen, I'm sitting here watching the game as my man Walker Mill is going through it. And I'm just thinking about the same stuff I thought about this team a couple of years ago. It's the same thing I think now. They're losing. It doesn't matter. Nobody's showing frustration. Nobody's angry. Guys on the sidelines laughing with their ice on and they just having a good old time. People should be scrapping in the locker room. Coaches should be coming in there throwing stuff. It should be getting contentious in there. The ownership should have to walk in there and they have a come-to-Jesus meeting. But no, that's not what's happening with the Hornets. There's no competitive drive. Where is the drive to say enough is enough? This is the Wizards.
and we are out here getting throttled. It's and everybody's Wizards, just man. playing like it's just a regular game. Oh, we'll, we'll come out the next night. It'll be okay. Nope. I'm out on this team. This team. Done deal. I'm going to watch the games because I have to for my job. No question about it. But as far as the effort, the care, the want to, the give a damn, there is none. And it's just embarrassing to this franchise. These guys, too good of friends. They don't want to chew each other out. They don't want to hold each other accountable. They tell us all the time, and we, 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 we know we, we know we need to play defense. Well, why don't you do more of it? You get excited about a stop at the end of the Indiana game, and that's all you get when it comes to defense with them. And that's why when it happened, I sat there and said, can you guys get this excited and care about it this much all the time? Not just one stop. I do love the Melo on multiple pairs of his shoes, but coming back flexing and acting like you the defensive player of the year, you DPOY off of one stop, and then you get no stops anymore. It was a wrap. It was embarrassing, Walker. That's all I got to say on it, too, man. Do we go again? Do we go three straight foul line rants? Do you want to hit the second intro? Hit the second intro. I'm not done. (laughs) Oh, my daughter got a hands on the face like a disappointed father. Disappointed father. PJ, I defend you every day. (laughs) I love you. Why are you missing every three-point shot now, man? Against the Wizards. We're the one that's supposed to have the magic, not the Wiz. They're actively tanking. They're trying to lose. Jordan Poole, Kyle Kuzma, and P.J. Washington's out here going 0-5 from the three-point line. Gordon Hayward, I defended you. I thought this might be a reclamation project, but you're out here missing layups. Why did he go go soft to the rim? Fitty, you were there. You were right there. Did you say anything to him? Uh, yeah, I asked him why we're paying his bum-ass $30 million a year. JT Thor. Oh. The God of Thunder. The God of Blunder? We got to take that away, man. No more God of Thunder. No more Avengers. I mean, yo, JT, I defended your defense as well. You were the only thing that helped us in the midst that was the entire 2021 draft class. Because Book Night ain't out there. Kai Jones is gone. But at least we had JT Thor. 0 of 3 off of the bench. En route to a 50-point loss if you just go to the bench units. Mm. Do we have the worst depth in the league, Wes yes. Bryant? Yes. Do we have the worst depth in the league? We do, and, and it's funny you say that. Great minds think alike. I was looking at that last night as I looked at the box score. I said, man, they've got nobody. Kelly Oubre's out here being efficient now. <laughs> Kelly Oubre's out here, the second most efficient guard. Now i got to deal with it from Fitty. Yeah. You know you're going to hear it all year. P.J. Washington, before this game, was one of the most efficient front court players, only to be outdone by the one man that would get Fitty to have bragging rights over me, by the one guy. That's Kelly Oubre. Hmm. I wanted to put peanut butter on his head, man. That's all I wanted to do. Yeah. I just wanted to put some Peter Pan, some Jif. I didn't care what brand. Yeah. I'll put Smuckers. I even put jelly on it if he wanted. But now I'm out 75 bucks because the Hornets aren't going to get to the postseason eight games in. Yeah. 75. I'm done, man. I can't take it anymore. I want the Charlotte Hornets not to lose to the Rockets, the Pistons, and the Wizards through the first eight games of the season. Ten games in, can they hold out with Miles Bridges long enough to make this team able to tread water? Steve Clifford even said after the game, 
that Miles Bridges, when he comes back, it might change the equation. But, man, that guy hadn't played in over a year. No. Not to mention all the off-court stuff. Yeah, I can't trust him. You know what's unfortunate about all this? I'm going to be right back there next home game cheering on the Charlotte Hornets feeling great once Mark Williams doesn't miss a shot again. <laughs> that guy's got a 90% field goal percentage, a little lower than that. But the dude's missed seven shots on the season, and yet we're still here, man. It's tough. All right, I'm done. What, what will you say? I mean, because if you come out and you compete in the games, in the balance, I mean, which way would you rather lose to the Wizards? Would it have been easier to digest had they lost a last-second <laughs> shot tooth and nail type of game or just getting rocked like this. Yeah. And then if they lose to him again, I don't, uh, all right, but it's okay. Oh yeah, man. But it's okay. Cause you know what? We got the Panthers tonight against the Chicago bears. 704-980. Let's go. <laughs> we'll give you the game day dubs coming up next on Wesson Walker sports radio, 92, seven WFNZ. 704-980. Let's go. Perhaps I need to apologize for killing all hope. As soon as we started the show today, we are going to try to bring back some of the optimism as, as the Carolina Panthers Take on the Chicago Bears tonight on Thursday Night Football. We want to hear from you. 704-570-9610. How about three foul line rants? Both intros and getting off the bus played for three foul line rants. Coming out hard today. To lead off the show, just like 8-Ball and MJG, man. That's right. That's what we did today. We appreciate you hopping on with us. We'll be with you until 3 p.m. Kyle Bailey, Smoke Ludwig, they're going to be taking you until 6 p.m. And then it's Kyle Bailey and Chris Mack McLean. They're going to be on the pregame show before the uh, Panthers finally kick off against the Bears a little bit later on tonight. We're going to be out at 1058 Thomas Davis's spot, Uptown Charlotte, right across the Charlotte Knights Stadium. We're going to be asking trivia questions. I think we're going to have to emcee this thing, man, which I think that's been your job for the most part because I like it when you take over, so... I like when you go with the MC job there. You're a better gotcha. MC than I am. So oh, gotcha, if you want to rock it tonight, ask all the trivia questions, all the people that show up and uh, hang out with us a little bit later on, again, from 6 to 8 p.m. right before kickoff, Thursday night football. Should we get to the game day dubs? Is we it time? Shall. Okay. Who, what, where, when, why? If you don't know by now, because W is everywhere across this show, across this station, we decided to continue it. The who, the what, the where. The win and the why. The game day dubs on a Thursday. Panther Thursday, baby. Let's start with the who. Simple question here, Wes. It could be for Chicago. It could be for Carolina. Wherever you want to take this thing. Simple question. Who goes off? Oh, uh, that is an excellent question. As far as who goes off tonight, uh, I'm going to go out and I'm going to say, I'm going to say Montez Sweat. From the Bears. Oh, I defense. Mean, new, I did not expect defense. new acquisition. Uh, he's got six and a half sacks so far this season. And uh, going up against this offensive line that, uh, you know, obviously we know that they're not doing too great out here in these streets. And when you talk about pass block win rate, they're 19th in the league and 31st in run block win rate. So I think that uh, Montez Sweat, even though the Bears are not a great pass rush team, uh, they only have 10 for the season as a squad. Uh, but I think that uh, the Panthers' offensive line might be the remedy for what ails them. 
Yeah. It's easy to go with one of the former Carolina Panthers, whether it be Deontay Foreman or whether it be DJ Moore. Man, I don't like the ramped up conversation about how DJ Moore needs to be fed the football more. (laughs) (laughs) Not against the team, because if you click on ESPN and you go to the Chicago Bears tab, there's an article released at 9.59 a.m. November 9th, Courtney Cronin with the headline, Chicago Bears need to use wide receiver DJ Moore more in the offense. There are quotes from Chicago saying Mm -hmm. they need to do that. I mean, Wes, I know it's the easy answer, but this is a team that doesn't have their top pass rusher in Brian Burns. So if there is a recipe for Tyson Bajan to feel comfortable in the pocket, I think that recipe includes Brian Burns not playing in this game. So he's out because he's in concussion protocol. As much as we don't love him in the first place, C.J. Henderson, out. Xavier Woods, questionable. Von Bell, questionable. Don't know exactly what their prognosis is going to be, whether they play tonight, but I don't know if they're 100%. And so when you have a banged-up secondary, J.C. Horn's not coming back. We know that. You don't have your top pass rusher. YGM's not even out there, if you could have depended on him anyway. Like, this is where it gets tough. I think DJ Moore goes for over 100 if that counts as going off. Okay. I do. I think they're going to feed him. I think there's also that added narrative of, hey, we want to feed you because we know how important this is for you being traded, wanting to produce against your former team. I think Chicago is going to help DJ Moore because also it should be a part of their game plan anyway. If that is one of your better players, then why in the hell would you not give him the football quite a bit? So I think DJ Moore is going to be the guy that goes off tonight. Let's do the what. What's the biggest story heading into tonight? Yeah, I'm kind of taking the low-hanging fruit. It's the trade. It's DJ. So I think DJ goes off. I also think DJ Moore revenge game, quote unquote, is the storyline. I don't think it's like Steve Smith because Steve Smith, a lot more boisterous. In fact, they were polar opposites. DJ Moore, not one to talk all that much. We know Steve Smith was very good at it in the NFL, and now he's good at it as an NFL analyst. And so you have very different personalities from those two. DJ Moore is not going to tell you, watch out for blood and guts. Not going to tell you that. There's nobody wearing goggles in the locker room like D'Angelo Williams did during the blood and guts combo. But I do think DJ wants his revenge. And I do think that that's going to be something people are talking about a lot. Adam Schefter mentioned it on the Pat McAfee podcast. If Chicago wins, it's actually more than just a victory under their belt because that helps them with next year's draft positioning. I think that's the number one storyline coming into the game. Uh, the storyline for me is that I want to see him real quick correction. The best I actually have 30 sacks. So uh, let me correct that one real quick. But um, I would say that I'm looking to see how Bryce Young bounces back. I want to see the resolve yeah. in this young man after the game that he had that, uh, you know, he throws three interceptions, two of them go for pick sixes. And as I said, the fascinating thing for me is, and with a lot of these quarterbacks that come into the league, especially when they go to big programs uh, with lots of pedigree, is that you look at this team and you say, well, this is a young man that hasn't had to deal with a lot of football adversity. Like I said, he was very successful at Alabama even though he might not have won as many championships as people would have liked, but still Heisman Trophy career, um, just 
high school won all the time. And that's how a lot of those high pedigree quarterbacks are when they come out and come into the league and get their first taste of real losing where you're not going out with the best team and you're not always the best player on the football field. And after a game like that, where we saw real visible frustration from him. I want to see how he bounces back and responds tonight. Is he going to play loose but still play under control? Is he going to come out with a fire under his behind to really come out and, and dominate a football game? So that's that's what I want to see more than anything. You know, it, it feels stupid to say this, but I think it's true. I, I don't think that's being talked about enough. I don't know if it is literally the number one storyline, but it should be in the running for that. I think we've mainly just been focused on how bad that performance was against the Colts. Perhaps if this was a normally scheduled, regularly scheduled game happening on the weekend, we would turn the page a little more so. But because this thing happened so quickly, we talk about it on Monday. And then before we even get to the end of the week, we're talking about a game that night. So I I wonder, you're right. Does Bryce Young bounce back? This is where you would like to see your number one overall pick have the short-term memory forget everything that he just had and actually uh, or that he just did against the um, Indianapolis Colts and mm-hmm. perform well against Chicago. I think that's a good one. All right, let's go to the where, the who, the what, now the where. Where do we look to help with some of the injuries? I just went through some of the guys on the injury report. Brian Byrne, C.J. Henderson, they're both listed as out. LaVisca continues to be out. Steven Sullivan, someone who contributed quite a bit in that loss to the Colts, He's out. So where are we looking to uh, help out with some of these injuries? Uh, Marquise Haynes is back. Yeah, he's questionable. Don't know exactly what Marquise Haynes. I'll, I'll look it up to see if we expect him to play or not. But he is questionable and he is activated from IR. But they're going to have to get it in the pass rush department. No Brian Burns tonight. Um, you know, Justin Houston is out as well. Like all of their main pass rushers, YGM, everybody's gone. So somebody's going to have to step up and provide provide some pass rush for this Panthers team. Derek Brown would be one. Can Derek Brown, so if if you have a younger QB that has a few games under his belt now, but if you have a young QB and you provide some interior pass rush for him not to be able to step up in the pocket. And he's been one that's been hanging out in the pocket quite a bit, trying to get the football out of his hands quickly. It's the classic blueprint. How do you help your backup be the game manager, protect him as much as you can, and don't let him hold on to it because more than likely, the longer you hold on to the football, something bad is going to happen. So if Derek Brown can just beat the offensive line, that's not very good for Chicago. Can he get off the line quicker than the center? quicker than anybody else trying to double team him because you Lord knows Derek Brown's going to see a lot of double teams. Can Derek Brown beat that and get to the QB? That would be nice to see. I think that's the guy you got to look to, especially if you want to, and if you want to have him as a foundational player, mm-hmm. you'd love to see him just be a game wrecker in this game. So that'd be and fantastic. Lou as well. I mean, two yeah. and a half sacks the last two games, he's going to have to be a guy that's definitely going to have to be obnoxious in the backfield tonight. K-Town Steve said, where in the hell is Tariq Cohen? Uh, yeah, just like a lot of players you might ask about, he's on IR. Yep. The practice squad IR. I didn't yeah. know that was even a thing. <laughs> it's, we had to make one up. I think it's invented now with Carolina because of all the injuries that they've suffered. Here's the when. The who, what, where, when now. Wes, when does Al Michaels check out? <laughs> Before the game he starts, he's already checked out as he's hanging out talking to Chris Collinsworth about how much he doesn't want to be doing this game tonight and why they get some of the crap games that they do. So it, Al Michaels apparently is coming back in 2024. 
I don't know if you saw this report, but he said he's not retiring. It's gotten louder, the criticism towards Al Michaels for just not being invested in the product anymore, which I understand through a certain portion, but I got to admit, even me, I'd be like, all right, Al, like this is something kind of exciting. You know, the, if, if you want to get into the philosophy of broadcasters and some of the MO of what a play-by-play announcer is supposed to do, yeah, you are supposed to reveal the mood of the game. I don't think he does that with the positive stuff right now. I mean, Fiddy, this is one that I know you've been real critical with Al and people that don't seem to love the game. I'm here for some of the funny jokes on just a terrible, no good football game, right? If somebody's getting beat down 40 to 10, I'm here for the snarky comments, some sarcasm. I think that's funny. But when there's an actual like 20 yard pickup, I'd like I'd like you to try to encapsulate what the morale is during that point. And it's certainly good for the team that has the 20-yard pickup. Do you feel me on any of that? I mean, it just feels like at this point, Al Michaels is there to get his millions and to eat his steak with no vegetables during halftime. Like, when I play this drop, here we go. That was to set up a game-winning kick (laughs) in a playoff game that the team erased a 27-point comeback. Like, if he says that tonight on fourth and eight to determine the game, no one's going to be upset, Al. But when you're doing that in a playoff game for a rookie or for a young quarterback getting his first playoff win, nah, man, I'm going to need you to give, give me a little bit more than that. Now, I have seen people allow the photo to do all of the talking with no caption. And what people are doing on Twitter is just putting a picture up of the Bears and the Panthers and the record and just let that do the speaking for it because it's a 3-14 and 14 combined record between these two teams. <laughs> so maybe this is not the game for us to ask in midseason form, hey, Al, why don't you cheer up a little bit because this one's a hard matchup to do that. Isn't this the best night to try, like, to, to, just to trot out AI, Al Michaels? Like, who's going to know the difference if he's not actually calling the game? We just got, you know. That's a great idea. It's a great idea. I love the fact that instead of the lowercase L, let's just go with capital I. It looks the same. I want AI, not Al. I want AI Michaels on yeah. the broadcast with Kirk Herbstreit. I love that, and I think that would be a phenomenal idea. Here we go. The Panthers lose again. <laughs> well, you know, AI's advanced, so they can have it sound just like it. You know, they really do. I, yeah. should, I shouldn't do Here we go. I shouldn't do Here we go. <laughs> It's time for the game-winning field goal attempt, and it's wide right. <laughs> Have a good night, folks. <laughs> I think I am being disrespectful to AI because it is yeah, a little bit AI more pretty sophisticated, comprehensive. You got rap that. songs with AI. I know. I know. Have you heard one yet? I have not. AI sounds like a hard MC name, too. Yeah, they do, though. They have rap songs where you really think it's the artist, and it's not. Mm-hmm. I've, se- I've seen this. This is the problem. Well, this is the problem with us, Wes, because I used to feel pretty good. Mm-hmm. About our jobs not being taken. Yeah, right. And then now they can just put something out there that sounds just like me. What they need me for. Hey, don't don't listen, Jeff. Stop it. You stop <laughs> listening right now. Stop being a good program director yeah. and turn off the radio station. Should we go to the why? Last one? Okay. Why will we be talking about an in-season change tomorrow afternoon? If that is the case, why will that happen? Because the Panthers get blown out and the guys who used to be here dominate the football game. Deontay Foreman is an unstoppable force that they could have gotten for pennies on the dollar for what they paid for Miles Sanders. And DJ Moore is a guy that uh, comes out and dominates the football game. And then Bryce Young has another horrific game. So you're sitting there looking at it and saying, man, we traded a guy that's uh, looking like a dominant receiver for a quarterback who's not playing great. And... 
a running back that we could have gotten for next to nothing that wanted to be here still, and uh, he just came out and dominated us. I went over the history. Yeah, I went over the history of some of the in-season firings because there's been, I think, three coaches fired in season. If you include Charlotte FC by David Tepper, one GM fired in season. Marty Herney's second go around didn't make it the final two games of the season. That was his last here in Carolina. The reason that those guys were fired, of course, with the bad season, but it's it was blowouts the day before. San Francisco, you get beat down, even if it is. One of the best teams in the NFC, one of the best teams in all of football, San Francisco getting beat down 37 to 15. Matt Rule had to go after that. Going back to when Ron Rivera was let go, they got beat 29 to 21, I believe, against Washington. But Washington scored 29 unanswered points. The Panthers got up to a 14 to nothing lead. Washington came back and scored 29 unanswered. And so when you have a game with that kind of flow, Ron Rivera didn't make it the rest of the year. So I think you're right. After a blowout against the Colts, if they get blown out by Chicago, if you get beat by what? 17? Yeah, 17 or more. Some of this just has to happen with context, how the game flows, whatever. But if you get beat down, then... Scott Fitter is the guy to go. No way we see Frank Reich fired in season, right? Can I don't we, think so. I don't, no, I don't. That would be wild. When's the last time a first-year coach got fired in season? Well, Urban Meyer has to be it. But also, Frank Reich's not doing Urban Meyer stuff. Exactly. As, I mean, I think Eddie Pinheiro is safe from being kicked by his head coach. The kicker down in Jacksonville was not. And Urban Meyer had to go. I don't think there's any scandalous videos out there of him feeling up on somebody at the bar during the season. No. I don't think there's anything like that. So I don't think Frank Reich is going to be fired in season. I think it's going to be Scott Fitterer. Speaking of Fitterer, we'll go to Baby Fitty. What you got over there, Fitty? You said you wanted to, you had something on possible an in-season move. Do you think that we could see an in-season change if they do lose to Chicago, and how bad does it have to be? Yeah, I mean, you, when you look at the NFL calendar, firings happen typically on a bye week or after the Thursday night game. If you get blown out, Fitty's got to be the Fitter's got to be the guy to go because I mean, look at the roster that he's built, and I think it's going to be especially a hard pill to swallow if Moore and or Foreman, or if they both go off and Bryce Young puts together like a. 13 for 30, buck 30, one touchdown, two interception buck type of performance. Like, 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 if you see that, it's it's going to be a hard pill to swallow because, you know, you know no, no Brian Burns in this game. Remember, Carolina could have traded him and not DJ Moore, and they could have had DJ Moore here to have Bryce Young throw the football too. So there's going to be a lot that I think goes there, – there's a lot on the line, I think, because of the decisions that went in to trading with the Bears to get Bryce Young. I heard Willie talking about that today, and, and we've discussed it a little bit. Should Brian Burns have been included? Would the Bears have been as accepting where they don't take another first-round pick because of the positional value? We know that they just welcomed Montez Sweat by trading a second-round pick. So would they have been willing to deal more of that to get a Brian Burns? Uh, There's some revisionist history that you could do, but it is interesting to go down that road and see what the Panthers could have done. Keeping DJ Moore, signing Adam Thielen, you don't feel as obligated to go sign DJ Chark, who has not worked out, certainly in the first half of this season. It certainly could have changed some things. How much? That we'll never know. Time now for the first Fitty Flash of the day. What you got, Fitty? It's all right to be a little Fitty. A little hometown or a big old city. Might as well share, might as well smile. Life goes on for a little Fitty. Why? 
919 number with a great question. Will Fitty still be itty-bitty Fitty if there is no Fitty? I guess we'll have to find out. If- I think he'll always be that. No I don't think I can, about I can't call you anything else, but it is a good question. I, I just don't think I can call you anything else. Uh, my flash, though, I know we're in the baseball offseason, but moves are starting to happen. And yesterday, the Atlanta Braves lost their third base coach. Ron Washington to be the manager of the Los Angeles Angels. Remember Ron Washington? My man, Ron. Led the Rangers to -to back-to-back World Series uh, appearances in 2010, 2011. And I was talking to my dad about this because my dad thought it was a dumb move because he's now the oldest manager in baseball. But if you follow the Braves, he gets credited a lot for the work he did with their infielders, Freddie Freeman, Dansby Swanson, Austin Riley, all, like everybody speaks very, very highly of him. So it's going to be a bigger loss than you might think on the surface for the Braves to replace him because he's an integral part of all the success they've enjoyed. They've, they've enjoyed the last five seasons or so. Yeah, I, when you said your dad didn't think it was a good move, I didn't know if he thought it was Ron Washington making the bad move by taking the head coaching job with the Angels because they can't get to the postseason, and if they do, they're going to be bounced immediately. Mike Trout, Shohei Otani, it does not matter if if you have two of the top two best players two in generational baseball. players. Yeah, it's it's brutal over there. So I'm glad that he's going to be getting what I assume is more money. I don't know how much, but that's a tough job over there with the Angels where people don't care as much about baseball and that team doesn't get to the postseason. But good for Ron Washington finding his way back in a managerial position. Faced a lot of demons over a decade ago. Now is so well respected within the Braves organization. A good team that respected him a ton so this is cool for ron if it is indeed what he wanted hopefully so since he accepted it yeah i was always a big fan of his so glad to see him do another job and we'll see what he does can he get another championship out of his career we'll see all right time now for shrops props we're gonna go to shroppy on a thursday helping us out with some prop bets are we gonna take the over or the under you'll have to find out coming up next on wesson walker sports radio 92.7 wfnz Was this music intentional for Shroppy? Trying to go with some club music. What is it? EDM? Is that right? No, that's Womanizer, <laughs> Britney Spears. That's pop. I mean, it wasn't. It wasn't but on the purpose. It's kind of like that, right? I just a little. I mean, EDM is the right. I'm asking if it's the right abbreviation. Is that uh, how it is? Yeah, EDM Electric is, dance music, right, yeah. Shroppy? Correct. Okay. I, I really just pulled that out of nowhere. I had no clue where I was going with that one. You know, I had to play this because I remember you asking Shrop for some of his music, and he's just conveniently forgot for like a month to give us those music to put into the system and play. So, Well, he did it. Apparently, you clowned it. Yeah. Multiple times, actually. Wes was with it, mm. but then you kept criticizing it. I was not here for any of it. And so I apologize to Shroppy because I did want to hear the music, but I haven't really heard it yet. I heard him bring it to Wes, play it off of his phone, but he hadn't played it on the station until I was gone. You know, Shroppy, people that don't have the same talent as you are, you know, much talent, they're going to hate when they see you, you know. It's just jealousy, man. It's I fine. ain't calling no names, but, you know. I would like to see what... back there a- behind the board eating bossy bulas. Mm. <laughs> Must be nice. <laughs> I'd like to see what a fitty electric or an EDM beat would sound like. <laughs> it would sound like what, when Ross plays the music in Friends mm, when he brings yeah. out the keyboard. Yeah. Yeah. That. What about the... Uh, what, what is the it? British, the British... Yes, thank <laughs> the you. God, what is that called? I forget what those are called. <laughs> oh, the we, bagpipes. Yeah. Thank you. We, yeah. And we all know who at the station would play those. Those would be one William Eugene Palacios. Seriously? 
that's not my, that's not up my alley. Willie P does feel like the kind of guy that would not have played those at all. Pick him up and be an instant top five bagpipe player in the world. <laughs> mm. <laughs> Having never played him before. Oh, let me get this thing a shot. Boop, 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 beep. Everything sounds great. <laughs> Speaking of sounding great, here's Aaron Schropp Schreier. Time now for the Schropp Props. All righty, gentlemen. So we are going to recap last week's. You guys only differed on one of the picks. It was Chuba Hubbard with the 63 and a half combined yards. Walker went over on every single option, and that is what got him the dub. He yeah. ended up with 67 combined yards. Walker, you are now 3-1 and one going into this week. But just keep on taking the over. It doesn't matter if this team does not produce victories. If I take the over, then I will get the win. We'll see what happens tonight. What's our first prop, Shrabby? Our first prop is going to be Bryce Young once again. 215 and a half passing yards. I'll go first on this one. If you look at what Bryce Young has done most recently, for the most part, he's been getting over that. It took a three-interception performance against the Colts to stay under, throwing for 173. The week prior was 235. Prior to that, 217, 247. For so for the most part, he has been over, except for this game against the Colts. I think Frank Reich, aggressive by nature, if you go back to his Colts days, and what else you got to lose? You want to punt a bunch of times? Yeah. Or are we going to throw the football? I think it's the over for Bryce Young tonight. All right. Uh, I'm going to go over, too, because the Bears allowed a 10th most passing yards per attempt. The Bears, indeed, only have 10 sacks as a team. Finally got that straight. And then uh, that 103.3 <laughs> passer rating is the second worst in the NFL. So I'm going to go over, too. Very confident with that, boys. I like it. Moving on to the defensive side of the ball here, we have Frankie Louvu. Eight and a half tackles plus assists. What you got for us, Wes? You go first on this one. Um, eight and a half tackles. I'm going to go over on that one. I'm going over, too. Frankie Louvu has been reaching the over on this quite a bit, especially if you include assist on the tackles. There's been a five-tackle performance against the Vikings, four against Seattle, five against Atlanta at the beginning of the season, double-digit tackle totals against Houston and Indianapolis. I'm going to take the over again. I know it's been a theme all year long, but I'm three and one. I'm not going to stop with what's working now. Give me the over with Frankie. Well, that one makes sense too, especially with Brian Burns being out. Do yep. you think that opened up more tackles for Guys him? Guys getting in the second level. Yeah, I agree. Going to the running back. Last year, I mean, last week we had Chuba. This week we have Miles Sanders. Six and a half rushing attempts. I think Miles Sanders that's earned. So tricky. Yeah, well, that's what that's what they're supposed to do. This right. one should be easy though. You think so? What are you saying, Fiddy? Why don't you give us a teaser? It'd be over because Frank Price said they're going to split the carries. So I think it's going to be over, too. Now, that's what gets you in trouble, though. If you listen to the coach. <laughs> what if he just forgets to put him on the field? Don't forget, if we would have listened <laughs> to Steve Clifford. Yeah, that's right. It happened once. I can't put it past him. But if you would have listened to Steve Clifford before the game last night against the Wizards, he said we wanted to manage LaMelo's minutes more. But then the Wizards get off to a 20-point lead, and Ish Smith, Brandon Miller, Gordon Hayward are out there not scoring, and you got to go back to LaMelo. So it's not like you can listen and take for, you know, take his gospel that it's going to happen, whatever they say before the game. I do agree with Fiddy, though. I'm going to take the over on this one. Eight carries combined in the last two. I am putting a little stock into what Frank Reich is saying. I do think that because Miles Sanders played well against the Colts, when given those six carries, also on the field for three receptions, so nine total touches, I'm going to take the over on six and a half carries. I feel like this is such a, a trick question, and with the way his carries have gone the last two weeks, I'm going under. 
Okay. First different choice so far. I like it. Now we have some special teams here, boys. I know you guys love the special team props. Yes, some real punter talk. I'm excited. <laughs> so we have Johnny Hecker. His line is set at four and a half punts. Four and a half punts for Johnny Hecker. Four and a half. All right, he's had four punts the last three. He had three punts against Detroit. If I'm sticking with them being aggressive, he actually had five in each of the first four games of the season. But then you've seen a different trend. If I'm going to stick with the aggressive nature, I think Frank Reich and Carolina is going to operate with, I don't think you're going to get the over, despite the over working out for me. This is my under pick here, Wes. I do not think Johnny Hecker reaches five punts this game. I jump in there right with you as well because I take into account the potential for turnovers as well. Last one. What you got, Shrop? Last one. We're actually hopping to the other team. DJ Moore, we know he's probably going to pop off against us tonight, but Vegas has his line set at 54 and a half reception yards. Ooh, uh, 54 and a half. I'm going to take over. Over? I think he'll be a target of the game plan. But these, man, they just make you think so much. Cause mm-hmm. Like, what do you know? Why are you picking that number? We talked about it in the game day dubs. The who was who goes off. I picked DJ Moore. That would mean DJ Moore would have more than 55 receiving yards in this game. If you look at his last four outings, 44, 55, 54, 51. So you've been able to set your watch to him getting around 50 receiving yards each of the last four games. And really, it's when Tyson Bajan became quarterback. Before that, DJ Moore posted three 100-yard games. I do think he's going to go over. I think at some point the talent's going to win out with no pass rush with Brian Burns out. C.J. Henderson banged up secondary. Give me DJ Moore to go with the over. So we only differed on one. Is that right? Again? Yeah. yeah we keep doing it. You guys at, are killing me. At least, we, at least we, it makes it high stakes, though. I know. At least we have one because if we just did the same thing every time, then we wouldn't be able to separate. But we did change on one, and that'll do it for Shrop's props. We appreciate it, Shroppy. Thank you, gentlemen. No Always doubt. a blast. Aaron Shropshire, ladies and gentlemen. All right, let's move on. The 1 o'clock hour coming up next. It is the Campus Kona. Kona. Wesson Walker Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. We will, we will punt the ball. <laughs>